obviously. Um, I'm a huge Caps fan. I always have been. And to be there at that game with my teammates and for us to bring, you know, our gold medals to to there and share it with everyone in this area was really, really special for me. And just the support and it's been tremendous from everyone in this area. And you could feel that there at that game. Welcome to Sports on the Hill podcast. Hashtag DC Sports Without the Politics with Carol and Robbie on True Radio Network. That's right. It's Monday night. Sports on the Hill podcast, True Radio Network, episode 217. Caps Talk, Wizards Roundtable. And we even got some NFL news for you tonight. I'm in the lab checking out the Vancouver, Minnesota game. Minnesota's up one nothing. This second period just starting. I got some WWE on because you know we got DC Super Champ that covers wrestling so well on No Spots podcast. We're gonna have him on later with the NBA roundtable also. And as always, you know we got Robbie G in the man cave. Robbie, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Uh, Yeah, it's been an exciting week. I mean, uh, the Wizards, I guess we kind of all predicted they would go one and one, but they won the game we thought that they would lose and they um, lost the game we thought they were going to win. So a little bit different than we had predicted, uh, but same result, I guess. Uh, So we'll talk about that. We're also going to talk about the all-star game, which I think was, eh, I wasn't, I wasn't driven to it i think there maybe have too many gimmicks uh if that's a thing you know they're just trying to draw up attention and uh, so uh, we'll talk uh, brian brennan uh, watched it a little more closely so i'm gonna get his take on it a little bit later uh also uh in uh that uh in the nba segment but we also have a busy week for both the capitals and the wizards there'll be four games uh that we'll be previewing in both of those segments and we'll also talk about uh, the Caps, they were two and one. I'm happy they won the game last night because it really changes how I feel about, um, you know, that, uh, you know, th- their week overall. So, uh, f- uh, you know, because obviously we'll, we'll break down that Tom Wilson thing. Uh, well, you and I know we're going to talk about that tonight. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's an interesting week. Anna and I had a fun show yesterday. People missed it. Facebook.com slash sports OTHP. Um, or just uh, go to our sportsothp.com, our website. It was down for a little bit this morning. It is back up now uh, with all the latest videos and stuff. So uh, definitely go and check that out. Uh, we had a great 22-minute interview where we talked about the Tom Wilson. Also, we are going to talk about um, 
uh, you know, my man, Nicholas Backstrom, uh, 700 assists. And so we broke down a lot of stats about that, which we can also rehash onto tonight's show, because I think it's important that even in that big time loss uh, to, uh, you know, Boston on Friday, uh, we can't overlook uh, what Backstrom has achieved. And uh, so we'll talk about that a little bit tonight as well. And uh, so mostly hockey and basketball talk. We have a little bit of uh, 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 football news. You want to just quickly get into that and then we'll bring Anna in? Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about this NFL news. If you missed the news coming out, it's about three hours ago. The Cowboys and Dak Prescott have come to terms. He signed a four-year, $160 million deal with, uh, it was $124 million guaranteed. No, $142 million guaranteed. He's getting $71 million in the first year. So... All those questions about Jerry locking up Dak and what's it going to happen. I guess he uh, decided to go ahead and lock him up. That's a hell of a contract along with the contract that Ezekiel uh, Elliott has. So that's definitely going to put them in a situation with the salary cap. I'm sure I'm not really aware of their cap situation, but I know it's uh, not real good after this signing. But with all of that money guaranteed, <clears throat> excuse me, that's how you offset the money going against the cap. So that's why I think that number is so high so it wouldn't totally kill their cap. But um, as for the Washington football team, it was made official that uh, Alex Smith was released. Also, Thomas Davis, he signed a one-day contract with Carolina to officially retire with them. Uh, Alex Smith being released saves between $14 million on the cap, still $11 million in uh, dead cap money because of the 24 or $10 million because of $24 million that he was due on his contract. So that puts the Washington football team at about $50 million <clears throat> under the cap. And the predicted number this year because of the COVID, I think they said it went down like 5%, so it would be like $180 million. And I believe that from what I saw, it's 10 teams that are in good standing with the salary cap. Washington's one of them, like the fourth best team uh, cap money-wise. But it's like the rest of the league is uh, either like 10 or 10 or 12 million under the cap. We're going to have to do some serious cutting or restructuring contracts. And some folks are, you know, over the cap already and they have to figure out how they're going to get under the cap with the salary cap situation where it is. So there's going to be a lot of interesting free agents on the market once folks start getting cut from salary cap reasons. So uh, the Washington football team is definitely in the buyer's market and they're in a prime position to get some, some talent and fill some of these holes that this team has had for a while. So let's say uh, everything happens for a reason. He had to ride those six years of Jay out to get to Coach Rivera and you know, the salary cap. We had to deal with Bruce Allen. Everybody hated him, but you got to give him credit for fixing the salary cap issues and in a position they're in now. So hopefully we can see uh, continue to see a positive trend with the Washington football team. Yeah, no, it's mostly good news coming out of the Washington football team. You know, some less good news, but I'm not, we're not going to get into uh, into all of that. Lots of rumors, lots of speculation, lots of making some announcements on Twitter that maybe they should email people ahead of time about. But we're not going to get into all the politics aside. You know, we're going to leave all that uh, to a, a later show. But, um, you know. We were last night about that on the Bar Radio. So if you want to hear my thoughts, you can go check out my YouTube channel, Carol Porter III. And I gave my thoughts on this whole situation with the rumors that I know everybody knows what we're talking about, but we're not even going to give any credence because that's not what we do. 
Right. That sounds good. So Joe, check that out. Um, if you go to uh, sportsothp.com and you can click on our YouTube things, you can check out mine. I've got a really some awesome new stuff, including HD versions of this podcast, as well as scuba videos. And Carol's got at the bar radio and his view of uh, our proceedings. We do it a little bit differently if you're watching on one or the other. Um, and we have all the different options on our website as well. So if you want to go back and see any of the different angles. Uh, so anyway, well, let's uh, let's move into hockey talk. We're going to bring in Anna here. And uh, we're going to discuss a, uh, an exciting two in one week, right? So Anna and I were talking yesterday. It's either going to be one and two, where it's, it's definitely less good, right? And yeah. Or, or two and one. Um, I, will, I will take it. Um, how, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Okay, I'm not muted, right? No, you're good today. Somebody loud and clear. Okay. I'm good. I'm actually uh, happy to announce that I am going back to teaching tomorrow live nice congratulations yeah thank you so this will this will be uh i don't know it's, it's so like i know i said it last week but it's like it has been a year and all of a sudden it's like um okay well i can't be in my pjs anymore and i gotta look a little <laughs> bit more presentable right uh, so yeah so i'm doing that tomorrow so i'm i am excited yeah, I forget that Liz's birthday was the last thing that I did it was out public and, you know, doing stuff without a mask. And, you know, the whole world ended that like next weekend. Yeah. We're coming up on a year from, you know, Carol, us doing our fourth anniversary show, which was a COVID special talking about what is this world about to turn into? Yeah. And then we took this huge hiatus before we actually started the season that we're currently in. And yeah. uh, Next week, we're actually going to celebrate five years of this show. So that'll be a, a fun one. We're going to have a live hockey game. Um, yep. And it's going to be, I, I believe it's against the Islanders. Uh, so that's going to be. I thought it was uh, against Buffalo. Oh, Buffalo, Buffalo. I'm okay. sorry. You're Phew. exactly right. Yeah, no, it's good. <laughs> I'd rather have it against at Buffalo than at the New York Islanders. By the way, the New York Islanders, if you don't know, are uh, undefeated hot. in regulation <laughs> at home. So you don't want to play them on the island right now no. uh them and the capitals right now have the two hottest teams in all of hockey since the middle of february and both of them play in the toughest division where everyone like talks about on the mainstream media about toronto this toronto that they're beating up on terrible teams where meanwhile uh you know we're trying to hold our own against you know the boston's of the world even pittsburgh and philadelphia which are tough oh. outs and uh, uh both teams have done uh, admirably well over the last couple of things. I was looking at the stats comparatively. So the Islanders are much better at home. They are on the road where the Capitals are dead even, exactly the same home and away uh, standings. So, um, which is good when we talk about 2018, yeah. uh, we had to win on the road a lot. So um, yeah, obviously that's a important thing going forward. Uh, let's uh, rewind it back um, a little bit to last week. And we'll talk about the first, uh, Boston game, which is the better of the Boston yes. game. Um, and then uh, we'll, we'll talk about uh, Zidane Chara's, you know, return back to Boston. So you break uh, down the scoring and I want to get Carol's thoughts on that. And then I'll give my take. Absolutely. So last Wednesday, the Caps headed to Boston and the first and second period, there were no goals, uh, which I don't know how you want to take that, but I think it, it sounded like it was a, uh, two teams that were just out to get each other and play 60 minutes of hockey. And I think that it was uh, awesome. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then at uh, minute 19, Pasternak uh, scores for Boston, but five minutes later, Eller scores his fifth, assisted by Ponick, which was his fifth, and Jensen, uh, his seventh assist. 
uh, to tie it up and then they had to head into overtime. Um, and here we go. Jacob Rana scores. That's all that you need to know. 2-1. And I will say the highlight, and I'm sure Carol will agree with me on this one, was a Vanacek save on a Marshawn overtime shot. Ah, it's, that was a thing of beauty. I, I could watch it over and over and over again because I think that cocky player was thinking he was going to get it and um, and he didn't and we won and it was it was good. This was a team, this is a Capitals team that definitely came out. Um, they played smart hockey. I mean, they, they just looked good. They looked tight. They looked um, you know, in it. And I do have to laugh at the whole um, Ovechkin slashing um, penalty because, uh, come on. It's <laughs> like, who, who was this kid? Well, at least it's not spearing, right? So that used to be a much worse <laughs> penalty. It used to be called spearing. Dude. And there was a much bigger fine with that. And they've now changed it to, they started with roughing, but that was not the right yeah. call. Then they call, then they corrected it to call it slashing, which is the right call. Um, and he has to take... $5,000 fine with that. Yeah. yeah, there's really no PC way to, to say it except... Um, Ovechkin was amazing and uh and good on him for what he did but the fact that yeah it went from slashing to spearing to to whatever and then all the memes afterwards and it's like who the hell do you think you are going up against Alex Ovechkin you know you're like this cocky nothing um trying to pick a fight so I thought it was priceless and five thousand dollars i liked when he skated away because eventually like i don't want to fight you but do you really want this and then yeah. he was like actually i don't and like turned around and left and uh, i thought that was about right i'm like no you don't really i mean he no, doesn't fight don't. but he's not to say that he couldn't fight it just he doesn't fight like yeah. a, you know yeah you know, know we, he risking his hands getting into a fight <laughs> you know we, we've seen what he what he can do we still remember in the carolina playoff series <laughs> when he uh, basically knocked Slim out. Um, this game, I did the post game with Robbie. Uh, this game was amazing, had a playoff feel, uh, just by the, not just by the score, but just by the way the whole game was played. Wow. You had solid goaltending, you had solid defense, you had hard hitting, you had good four check. It was, it was a battle out there and you knew what was gonna happen in the second game. After this game, it was gonna be even more physical. These teams really don't like each other. And, you know, I can't stand Marshawn just as much as Ann. But, uh, you know, I, I I want somebody just to punch him through the ice. <laughs> I know. But, I mean, this game to me was uh, beautifully played by both teams. It was, uh, to me, it was a, a classic hockey game that you could sit back and watch over and over. And I actually watched it again after, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It was they such look good. good. Yeah, just going back and forth, it was just such a good game. I mentioned in the post game with Robbie with the shootout. I like Rana going first instead of always having to keep going first. I feel that puts more pressure on him. Yeah. Someone in front of him that can score, and then they know he's coming up second or third. That puts more pressure on the other team, and you know that plays into into the Capitals' advantage. So I hope they stick to that formula, let him go number two because they know how prolific he is at it. But you know, get somebody else that can you know make some moves and possibly get that first goal to put the pressure on the other team. Robbie, what what is your take? 
Yeah, no, I think you, you sort of said a lot right there, and it's all good. I mean, I loved Double V in this game, mm-hmm. just really stellar, especially in the shootout. I mean, to just blank them is an impressive you know, thing for any goaltender, and um, uh, he's just improving so much. He's so young, and he's yeah. got so much potential, and the, and the fact that we've been able to ride him, and the people – it's going to be interesting to see we'll have this debate of who we should go to in the next game in a couple of games here, but like, I I'm happy to ride the hot hand in general. Like I think Sam should probably start the next game because he won the last one and I'm okay with that because, mm-hmm. and, and I understand in the next game we continued that trend and then it fell off, but you know, there's a whole lot of reasons why that game kind of fell right. apart. We can break that down, but I just, I thought in this game, he was great. He's been great all season and it's fun to see him develop. Uh, I love Verona. I mean, what an incredible goal in, in the shootout and what a great defensive game. You know, a lot of people are like, Oh, it wasn't high scoring. Oh, the caps aren't playing well. But if, if you're a hockey purist and you've watched this, the sport for a long time, it was great defensive battle. Yeah. This is what a playoff game looks like. It was funny going into this game. The caps were one, the Bruins, uh, I think were four. Or, and so it was going to be the battle potentially in the first right. round. And then like later in the week, it was two and three. And then we're like, Oh, it could be the battle again and so i mean this is something i don't know if we'd see in the first round i don't know if you'd see him in the second round but it's a team that uh it's important to play well and it's gonna be interesting to see down the stretch uh, how we play against them unfortunately the two losses have been uh in regulation and the two wins have been shootout overtime so they've gotten some additional points off of us that way but um it'll be interesting to see you know how it goes but i, I was un I was super happy with um, the return for Big Z. I thought that was really nice. I, I kind of, I, I'm sad that the fans couldn't be there to support them because I'm sure so many at home wanted to be. Um, and I thought they were very classy about that. Carol, what were, do you have any thoughts on that part? I mean, it was definitely, uh, you know, you did get the fans involved with the you know, virtual uh, videos and stuff with the fans thanking them. Uh, just sort of respect from the Bruins on the bench, you know, still giving them you know, love. And uh, I mean, like I said on the post game, I, I loved him when he was in Ottawa, when I was following Ottawa back in the day. And he, you know, it's been 14 years there, got him, he got a cup there. So that's always going to be a special place for him there. You know, so they, uh, they did a good job, and it's definitely good to get the win on his first night back. You know, yeah. it's going to be different when they do let fans back. You know, it's going to be a whole other situation with the fans there. But it was good. I think they did a you know good job. Salute him for all the hard work and time he put into the organization. Yeah. Um, and then Tom Gobble says, uh, Char might be the best bargain at $750,000 you would ever get, which yeah. is so true. I, I, I can't believe that Boston. <laughs> didn't just be like, and I understand maybe not make him the captain, maybe remove that tag, or maybe you put him in a lower role, but don't tell me he's not playing every night. The guy wants to play every night. If that was yeah, his thing, does. right? So, I mean, that was all you had to do is pay him that less than a million and, uh, say, yeah. and say you're so, just not. You got to look at the defenseman that Boston had. They, they got me on the acquisition doing a broadcast that they have uh, six defensemen all under 27 years old. So they were trying yeah. to be faster. And, you know, he just wasn't going to be in the plans because they're in the mode right now. They want to, you know, get them solidified and get them chemistry together because they're going to hopefully, you know, they're going to have plans to keep them together for a while with our young man. So I understand the logic. It's just that Big Z still has more to give. I think he's what, averaging almost, what, 20 minutes of ice time? Yeah. So, Amazing. I mean, you're talking about giving like seven minutes a night. He's out there doing 20. So, I mean, and he's still playing good defense, still checking hard, and, you know, he even got a goal out of it. 
It's yeah, the no, fact I think that he's, he's been... with Nick Jensen and look at what Jensen did so well, uh, especially <laughs> and we'll talk about that Philly game, but I, I think that they're a great combo and I think they're developing yeah. some good chemistry there. Uh, and then Mike also says they both are saying that they love um, uh, having Vrana in the shootouts. He remind, or Mike said he reminds him of Pavel Datsuk. And then he also likes uh, uh, Tom was saying before Verana, Backstrom, and TJ Oshi um, are better on the shootouts than Ovechkin is, for example. And I agree yeah. with that. I think absolutely. I, I'm not saying you don't use Ovi, but he's maybe your five spot. You know, yeah. so like he's not like early, early, but it's not you know, or maybe even later. I don't know. Um, there's some we have some skilled people who on the breakaway on our team, and uh, Ovechkin's better with just having a heavy shot. But that's I think harder in this scenario to be effective. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. I have a lot of people watching us right now. So oh, on, the, on the live feed, so I appreciate it. You can keep on answering a bunch of questions there. Uh, so that's great. Um, let's get into, unfortunately, the less good what game. You just go through that scoring real fast and then we can just kind of <laughs> break down what went wrong uh, quickly yeah. and then we can move on to better things. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, right. This is kind of breaking my heart a little bit. Uh, so this is a terrible Friday game. Um, okay, so Boston scores the only goal in the first, and then the second period they completely dominated because they scored three times. And so now we're going into the third period, and it's four zip. Um, third or going into third period. Yeah, so third period Boston. Then they score again at a minute three into the third and then the only ca um, caps goal comes from Vrana at 1336 uh, with assist by Backstrom and Oshie. And that's where we should be celebrating Nicholas Backstrom and his 700th assist and how fantastic it is. But the fact that we were like, oh my God, 5-1 to Boston and we had just played them at this fantastic game 48 hours before and this team was a complete disconnect. I don't know what to say. I mean, I just, I truly was, uh, this game was hard to watch. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And then of course we have the Wilson penalty and blah, 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 seven games. <laughs> yeah, we can, we'll get into, oh. but you know, uh, Carol, I want to get your thoughts on the game first and then we can get into the penalty. It was, it was hard because I usually like to do a, a post game, you know, I usually do it when we win, I'll be honest. Uh, it's, it's hard for me to do them when we <laughs> lost, mostly because of timing. I have a, a very small child, but at you know, the same time, you know, I, uh, it is very tough to stomach some of these losses and I don't want to necessarily get on camera right after. So I appreciate Anna, you and I getting to talk yeah. you know, a couple of days removed from it, obviously when the suspension was levied. Uh, but Carol, what was your initial take on, I, you know, I thought the game started off well in the first period. I thought things were okay. I thought we had the chances and it looked good, but when we weren't converting, I was getting a little bit nervous because I was like, uh, this mm. could come back and just bite us. And then it just kind of unraveled from the whole team's perspective. Yeah. Like I blame the goalie. I mean, both goalies didn't look particularly fantastic, but it was defensive effort from the forwards, from the, the demon. I just all around, it just kind of fell apart on them. What were some of your thoughts? To me, this game was more of a huge momentum swing uh, due to Tom Wilson being a, a, a physical force on the ice. Now, I can't talk about the game without talking about the penalty. I've gone back and looked at it a dozen times. 
even the coach said he's went back and looked. I was reading uh, some of the comments he made. It was press not all he was on by that other station that we lied about stuff. But uh, he said that he had reviewed the tape over and over again, and clearly what happened was the buck was in between the Boston players' feet. He looked down and crunched down as Tom Wilson was coming in full blast at about, <laughs> about 20 miles an hour on a four check. And as he was coming in, it just had, and it really, if you look at it, it really wasn't direct head contact. It was just the force of the hit that forced his head into the glass and it bounced off of time as he was hitting into him. So it shouldn't have been a penalty. I mean, and it wasn't a penalty. It shouldn't have been a suspension. But from that point, Boston, you know, we know what type of team Boston is. And if they have something to rally around, especially if it's the big, bad Tom Wilson doing the big, bad Tom Wilson things that he's been doing, that they rallied around that. And that team has a potent offense. And they have one of the best lines in hockey, if not the best line in hockey, with that little rat on there that I remember doing it. So they, but um, it, it just was a momentum swing. And Boston jumped on top and just kept their foot on the pedal. And unfortunately, the Caps didn't rise to the occasion and uh, wasn't able to swing the momentum back in any way. I saw a lot of uh, like over hard passes that was bouncing off okay. the stick and slowing down some of the you know plays and some of the advantages that they had, that they weren't as crisp as they were in the game before. And that just fed into Boston. And next thing you know, like you said, three goals and it's a four nothing game. You know, by then, you know, Boston has a, a good home record. I think the Caps was on the second loss that they had the night before, you know, like five and two and now six and two. And um it just was a momentum swing to me. It was just that was just a excuse me, a classic hockey game of, you know, a hit and a fight swinging the momentum to one team and it just turned into an avalanche for the Capitals and they just couldn't, you know, couldn't stop. Yeah, because Tom Wilson got in a lot of fights and the whole yeah. flow of the game changed and they got the, you know, the benefit of the bounces after that point. So, you know. All three of those goals were scored when Wilson was in the box. Right. So, <laughs> you know, it's – um at least he had a no decision in one of the fights and like a really solid win in the other one. So, I mean, we got something in there with the, the, uh, I also, you know, the 700 assists. I don't want to like lose that, you know, uh, in, in this whole thing, you know, some impressive numbers. We did a whole entire breakdown of those numbers yeah. on the, um, you know, that little video. So I'm not going to rehash that here, but people can check that out. Sports.thp.com. Uh, Mike was saying uh, the Wilson issue uh, is evidence of lack of integrity and hypocrisy of the Department of Player Safety. Uh, and this is one of those games that you just forget about the move on, sweep it under the rug, put it in the back of the closet. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I'm not going to try to harp on it too much, but I think it's important to break down all the wins and losses just because I think you learn from them. I think that hopefully they will take this as a lesson and they'll learn from, you know, mm -hmm. and, and this, although I, yeah. This was a reputation suspension because yeah. of his so-called, and because the coach on the other team whined after a game, you know, after the hit talking about it was dirty. And it they was used the same terminology as what the coach said to, you know. Uh, <laughs> like posted that Lars Eller mm -hmm. early in the season got hit the same way and yeah. out of the game and no penalty was called on that and no, you know, type of suspension for the player that did that. our coach, uh, talk about this, should our coach have pushed harder to say that that guy should get a suspension? 
I mean, he could have, but if the player could have, maybe it would have been a difference. I'm just, I mean, he was, I mean, he, he had a major penalty on it. It was called yeah. differently on the ice, right? So mm-hmm. it wasn't like there was a no call they need to make up with a uh, thing. But it, by the rule of what we just did here, it should have been a major penalty in game as well as a suspension, right? If we're going to be consistent yeah. in the calls, um, and he should have gotten five games for that if this is seven, right? So, like, yeah, it's if not worse in some ways, that was from behind and a worse hit. I mean, he at least hit him from the front. You know, there's an argument that this wasn't even a penalty 10 years ago. So um, or maybe even less years ago. You yeah. know, it's so it's, it's, it's reputation. I mean, well, there's no player like him in the NHL. And like they always say, if he's on your team, you love him. If he's not, you hate him. And, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so everyone's probably looking at us like we're biased, or they're Caps fans, and they're like, right on, like, you know, <laughs> fuck them for... But that's the frustration, yeah, you know, though, is, yeah. is is if I had to look at this, you know, completely separate, uh, you know, not being a Tommy fan forever, um, and knowing that in 2018, he had, you know, his suspension of, of his 15 games and how huge that was. Had he gone on from that 2018 suspension and continued to be the goon that everyone, you know, wants to call him and the dirty player, then I can see where this is coming from. But we have a Tom Wilson that has matured, has taken a leadership role, has taken his, you know, he's moved to the top line. And so come on now, like he has made improvements and I feel like that they're just out to get him because of his name. And they're not looking at the fact that he has improved and he is, you know, um, uh, yeah, he's a force on the ice. He's a beast, but he is not out there, you know, consistently initiating and instigating fights. Right. Over the last uh, two years, they, they yeah. use 18 months as a benchmark for fines. Now, it's the monetary right. side of this. I went back and had to read all of the <laughs> rules because I was like, how does this work? Like, they're saying that it's not a, he doesn't have the reputation side on the monetary side because it's now more than 18 months since the last suspension. Mm-hmm. But he does, they do take that into account with his intent based on prior things, right? So it's so murky. I'm like, it's such yeah. bullshit that they could do to hit his man and put him through the boards, which is what hockey is about. Right. That was his intent. It was not the harm. It was not to hit him in the head. It was he leaned over and Wilson was coming in full blast. Yeah. And the dude is 6'5", Wilson 6'4". So what can you do? You know, it's physics. He's on ice. He's going about 20 miles an hour trying to put him into the board. And there was no like and, and uh, like I said yesterday, and I'm so sorry, Carol. I didn't mean to cut you off. You uh, the the thing that absolutely uh, disgusts me has been the fact that not only Bruce Cassidy, but NHL just using the word predatory. It's like give me a fucking break. Like it was not a predatory hit. If if you look at how it was in. There was, there was no, it was not malicious. It was, you know, you got momentum, like you said, Carol, right. like, like he's coming is at two him. angles. If you use one but, angle oh and God. slow it down, it looks yep. like one thing and you'll choose the other angle and slow it down. It looks like something completely different. And the thing is, is you can slow motion and you can zoom in to make things and yep. sensationalize things to be any part of any narrative. Uh, you know, That's a lot of people awesome. are... 
are chiming in on social media on this because I know this would be a hot button topic. Um, and Tom's saying our owner and GM needs to come out and blast Department of Player Safety for this. Yes. Go after them for it. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting and bold move. Uh, he would get fined for it, but I don't necessarily blame him. He's got the money. Uh, you know, if there's ever a time to put you know them on blast, it would be for this. Uh, and then he says that the, the, the reputation thing was created by the league, not Tom. Tom is a big rig and plays hard. They created the reputation, not him. And Mike continues on and says the hypocrisy comes in. Look at Brad Marchand's reputation. Look at Crosby's. Both of them are known around the league for cheap and dirty hits. And where are their suspensions? You know, exactly. So like, uh, uh, yeah. So like, well, I, think I feel like there's so, there's so many. There, there's nothing with Crosby. There's nothing with Marchand. There's nothing with Reeves. I mean, give me a freaking break. It's like, yeah, I just it, don't, you know, it is, it's like, and here's Tom Wilson. And then you understand, like, now he's going to waive the, um, yeah, he's uh, not going to appeal it. Exactly. Right. But okay. So I want to, I want to explain that real quickly because there's been a debate on should he appeal it, not appeal it on right. Facebook. So I, I do want to address this for a second. The amount of time it would take to appeal it is more than two weeks. So it's like oh, it's, so they've, they've, they've kind of like, which is crazy because all it is is talking to the commissioner and then an ar- independent arbitrator. But he plays so many games or so many things. The league right. is busy, right? Somehow it gets dragged on because remember, he tried to limit the 20 game one, you know, back in 2018. Right. And he got it down to 16, I believe it was, but already had served 18 of them by the time that they lowered it to 16. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, if that's the case with that one, there's no Let's, way in yeah. two weeks that they're gonna like get less than seven. Like maybe they get it down to five. And Such maybe, a manipulation. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So like, what's the point of fighting it? They yeah, make it so difficult. And serve and get it over with and get him back yeah. on the night and get his time back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but it's like, that's bullshit that they made it. So like, how hard is it to like appeal to the commissioner? Like it can't, it exactly. can't take two weeks. Like it's I, not I, playing. Right. <laughs> I, I don't, what's the commissioner doing? That's so busy Nothing. right now, you know? So like, not a know. damn thing. Not right? a damn so, thing. So. He's sitting back cashing checks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think, I think people know where we stand on it. What should have <laughs> happened, you know, what actually happened. And I guess just like Tom Wilson, we're going to have to move on, but you know, it is bullshit and it, and it's important. And I'm happy we talked about it because it shouldn't just be overlooked and be like, Oh, ho hum. like we're lucky. We have the team that we can feel mm-hmm. without Tom Wilson, that we could go out and do what we did on Sunday. Exactly. And, and that's going to be my segue to let you break down a much better game. A much, much better game. Uh, Yeah, so yesterday the Caps headed to play the Flyers. Uh, The Flyers scored the the only goal in the first. um, And then the second period at 15-11, the captain scores his eighth, assisted by Oshie and Chara. Uh, About five minutes later, Orloff. Let's just pause there. Carol, Orloff gets his second. And it was a fantastic goal. And I I almost, I don't know. I just have to like, I don't know. Every once in a while, we have to give him some prizes. (laughs) Pour something out for that guy. Because I'm like, what the hell? Um, Assisted by uh, Carlson and Vrana in third period at 4.15. Here we go. Nick Jensen. After like, I forget how many games, 387 games or some ridiculous amount of games. 2018. (laughs) I mean, it's insane. He gets his first, assisted by Baxham and Oshie. Fantastic. 
and and so we had Sammy in, in uh, between the pipes and he gets 36 saves. This was an awesome game. And I think that um, when Robbie and I spoke before, we definitely felt like um, that whole Wilson cloud, put it aside, next man up, let's go, let's go forward. And my thing was, you know, we started off with um, the four Russians out in the beginning, you know, because of COVID and everyone's a little bit nervous about it and the Capitals kicked ass. And so it's like, you know what, let's not doubt the team and not that anybody is, but it's like, let's just keep that going. Like, this is awesome. So I think that, you know, what happened with Tommy sucks and it's uh, frustrating as hell, but you know what, who played yesterday on ice? Good on them. Cause they looked awesome and good on Sammy. Yeah, again, we're lucky we have the team that we can feel. I actually <laughs> looked at the lineup card with you in our pregame show, and we we're like, yeah. damn, we're this would be a solid team going against <laughs> anybody. We're so lucky. I mean, I'm not saying Tom Wilson is expendable by any means. He's an amazing person. Of course. And, you know, obviously we'll miss him. And But, like, the way that the lineup card looks straight up and down, I'm like, that looked like a team that could beat Philadelphia that day. We believed yeah. it. Absolutely. In that, in that it was the next and, man up. And it, they looked good. I mean, obviously it didn't start off well. It was a bit of a leaky goal. You know, Carol and I talked about Sam's early leaky goals yeah. in the previous game. <laughs> yeah. But he's finding a ways to have these early flawed moments and then using that as a moment to say, that's it. That's the last one I'm giving up. Yep. And then he shuts it down from that point forward. And if you can do that, that wins you playoff games. I mean, I, I think when we're talking about like, you're not going to give up zero goals, you know, but how do you respond? Is there an important thing for goaltenders, especially going forward? And when we try to decide who's going to be our number one, and I'm fine riding the hot hand and not naming yeah. the number one, and we can d- keep playing it this way for a while. Uh, but eventually somebody's going to have to play in game one of the playoffs, right? So, and that's the person you want that gives up that first goal, but then shuts it down after that. Now, yeah. I'm hoping it's not leaky like this goal. And so <laughs> people jumped on him so quickly. On uh, and they were like, this, this guy needs smelling salts. He needs to find a way to wake up earlier. He needs like a way. I'm like, the guy then went on to stop 36 of 37, right? 36 shots of 37, you know, and I'm like, maybe you don't make that message five minutes into a hockey game or whatever it was, 11, you know, uh, nine minutes in, whatever. Anyway, but like, the point is, is like, it's how you respond. So maybe don't just immediately react. And I know it's hard. Trust me, I want to be doing that too. And I have to like, try to avoid that. But like, (laughs) And Carol knows he's had to talk me off of many ledges in hockey games, but, uh, but like, I, at the same time, it's like, ah, it drives me crazy. It's like, he's not as bad as the one goal he lets in. He's as bad no. as what his final score is. And so Carol, I guess, talked about that a little bit and how he kind of redeemed himself. I mean, honestly, this was a, this was a good answer to the uh, previous game. Uh, as you mentioned, Andy, you know, next man up. I mean, to me, this season is kind of reminds me of the 2018 season. Oh, that's some breaking news coming through on the football front. Uh, apparently, the Titans are sending first-round pick Isaiah Wilson and the 2022 seventh-round pick to the Dolphins for 20. Uh, I'll read that later. Uh, getting back to this game, uh, just <laughs> I don't want to. 
breaking for Ferguson becomes official. But um, this was a good answer game. I like the way that they stepped up. It reminds me of the 2018 season when they had Brooks Orpig, you know, the old guy that was teaching the young guys. Now they got Char, uh, Tom Wilson, serving suspension, next man up, you know, had a little bit of adversity and had, you know, some hot streaks where they were winning on a good clip and they had some losing streaks where they, you know, lost four or five. It had to straighten up. And to me, this is just a game that helps build the character and the momentum of this team, along with, as you mentioned, when the four rushing wild, how they stepped up. So it's good to see that they, you know, step up when they have to. So the coach can lean on that down the line. When, if they aren't playing well, you know, he can use that to say, you know, even when we didn't have, you know, this person or we didn't have our best players, you guys still stepped up and, you know, answered the bell. So let's get out there and do it. And uh, Samson off, uh, he's still finding himself, you know, on the second game since he's been back. And, you know, the first goal, I didn't actually get to see the first goal, but I saw they were down and um, I missed it. But uh, unfortunately, it was a leaky goal, as Robbie said. Um, I take his word for it. And, you know, like he said, he found a way to save the next 36 out of 37 shots. So, yeah. What more can you ask for? You know, like you said, it's not always going to be a shutout. You know, we love to see shutouts. We love to see our goalies shine and, you know, shut the other team out. But, you know, it doesn't happen every night. One goal is a pretty damn good thing, you know. <laughs> they only give up one goal in a 60-minute game. You'll win most games if you only let up one goal. So, you know, like. Yeah, it's like, you know, come on now. What do you want to give them half a goal? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's just, it's hard sometimes. It's like nothing can make people happy. I'm just like, let's like some amount of time. And people were trashing on Ovechkin in the first. He's like, will you ever score again? And then, of course, he scores first. I'm just like, he scores. Right. And then, you know, and and to be fair, (laughs) folks start saying stuff like that. I just automatically block them or tune them out because obviously (laughs) the method that they're hitting or whatever they're smoking, they just went to their head. If you're questioning, but but we've hated on Orlov in the past for, you know, being leaky with goals and defensively. And I thought he played good defensively in this game and he was able to score a beautiful goal. So we'll give him props for that. And Nick Jensen, you know, breaking the offer. I mean, I think it was like 165 games. Absolutely ridiculous. But going, but going back to the Orloff thing, I will say, you know, I will with Jensen. Yes. I have thrown him into the bus and been like, uh, like with that guy and he's proven himself, but with Orloff, the fact that if you could just, um, like, take his face when he scores his expression and the fact that he is just as shocked and as surprised that he scored and and screenshot that it's like yeah that's how we all feel there's a reason why there's that feeling i like score loft i I mean for me i mean number nine is my favorite number and so i'm always gonna be very excited when number nine for my team scores uh, and now I got number nine, who's the one Jewish player on the Wizards, which is there like, you go. amazing. So I'm like, <laughs> it's great. So I, I like both of them. I know that I've defended him, even though maybe at times I shouldn't. Uh, but I, I was happy to see this. But let's, for timing purposes, I know it's already 945. Yeah. I'm just going to give everyone the upcoming uh, schedule, and then we'll rapid fire. I'll get each of your thoughts on each of the upcoming games, sure. and then we'll, we'll get out of here. Um, we've got uh, New Jersey. Uh, it's a Tuesday game at 7 o'clock. We then go back to Philadelphia for Thursday and Saturday. Both of those are at seven and then Monday at Buffalo at seven o'clock. So tomorrow or next Monday for our, again, five year anniversary show. Uh, We're starting that at nine, uh, but it will, um, 
you know, the game will kind of be in progress. So we're going to be discussing the end of that Buffalo game, as well as uh, breaking down the New Jersey and two games at Philadelphia all at the same time, just to add another level of excitement. Uh, I'm going to start with Carol. Carol, I'm going to go through the gauntlet with you and get your thoughts. So the first one is uh, versus New Jersey. What are your thoughts on that one? Uh, that should most likely be a win, as you mentioned, the last uh, week before when they got took both of them from them. I believe they won the last 23 out of 27 versus the Devils over the last three or four years. So uh, this should definitely be a win, a good tune-up for the uh, matchup with the Flyers going back. You know, Jersey isn't really a bad team. They're just still young and rebuilding, but they do give you a good push and do push you to the limit sometimes. So um, it's going to be a good warmer to go back to Philly and try to uh, continue what they did on Sunday and hopefully get two more wins against back-to-back, nothing like beating teams at their place back-to-back, which they would have did against Boston this past week, but hopefully they can do it against Philly this week. Yep, and then at Buffalo next week during our yeah, five-year yeah. show, what are your thoughts on that one? Uh, maybe we played them what like eight times now. <laughs> already. Um, this this is going to be another tight game because they played each other so much and they pretty much in all the wrinkles. And Wilson is going to be there, so you know teams teams play a little different when they know time isn't on the ice. So that's something else that we should definitely pay attention to when it comes to penalties, also because you know no even though we still do have some uh, guys that can handle it, but when time not out there. It's like they like, okay, yeah, we can at least we ain't gotta worry about getting knocked out if we hit if we do something we ain't supposed to do. So I think it's gonna be a, another tight, low scoring game, but the capital should be able to pull that out. Yeah, I think we've played six of our games <clears throat> against Buffalo, maybe already. Or and I feel like well, there's one a- yeah, one that might be rescheduled. So I don't know if we've actually know all of the dates of all of them. So there might be three more left. So I know that they had their own situation i know some things were rescheduled so uh but uh yeah it's gonna be an interesting week all right and i'll let you uh break down your thoughts jersey then at philly for two and then buffalo um what are your thoughts uh jersey i agree with carol i think it's i think we should absolutely win this but i do think because they are a young team they are not one to just assume uh, a win, you know, uh, don't drop our guard. There's no way. And we're not going to have Tommy. So, you know, next man up and let's see what they can do. Um, Philly, uh, I feel like you have uh, three players to really kind of look out for, which is your Konechny, uh Farabee and, and Carter Hart. I mean, between the pipes, the guy's been hot. So I think that you have players on that team um, you just cannot underestimate them. And I know Gil said on our podcast that like that, this is the team, this is the team to watch this. This is the team that's going to take it all. And I wasn't ready to jump on board, but I can see the potential man. The fight is there with these, with the flyers. So we'll see what happens. And uh, Buffalo, I don't know. I felt like they had a ton of injuries. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe, now because i felt like we played them so early like every other day in the beginning and now we've had a little bit of a break but um you know again it's it's just any any team out there right now is i think the capitals need to not focus on who it is that we're playing but but play the 60 minutes 
Yeah, and play, play the full game and yeah, you know, play it. good defense and you know, yeah, just get enough scoring and win some games. And I agree. Uh, we we kind of thought we're hoping for three and zero, but we thought two and one was a possibility. I'll get <laughs> your guys' take. We're not going to give predictions on the Buffalo game because that'll be a live game next week. So yeah. I'm just going to ask you to do the uh, the Jersey and the two Philadelphia games. Carol, overall, how do you think they're going to do? I think it's going to be it's going to be some uh, hard hitting, tight hockey. I know Coach going to want to, you know, drive the point home and going to rally around Wilson suspension. From what I've all the press conferences I've heard, that's pretty much what I think he's his mindset right now. Match man up and use it as a, you know way to push the team in the right direction, something they can build off of and rally around. So it's going to be interesting going down the stretch. Yeah. I want to uh, thank everybody for, um, you know, for chatting in with us. Uh, you know, Roman was saying that the Caps passing was on point against the Flyers. They managed their puck well and they played defense. Uh, they were also talking about the league is softer and that isn't changing. He's going to have to deal with, uh, you know, there's fan club of haters and he needs to give them less material to work with, you know. So, uh, But then Mike responded back that um, there was no time for Tom Wilson to adjust on that play. You know, I, what is he supposed to do? Just stop playing and just, you know, stop on the play. And Exactly. You know, exactly. So, I mean, it, it's a tough battle both ways and they got to find uh, someone in between. I see that Gil's now watching. Hey, Gil. And um, so, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting up and down week. I'm still going to say two and one. I think yeah. Yeah, you know, I think I don't know. I don't think it's going to be the Jersey game, but you could always drop that and win the two Philly games or maybe win one Philly and and one New Jersey game and drop one Philadelphia game. I don't think it's going to be a perfect week, uh but as long as we keep racking up points uh without Tom Wilson and uh yeah. I think that we'll we'll be in a good uh place. Um uh and did you give a final prediction of what you think I, I, mean, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a two one. And I think we're going to see, um, I think we're going to see like the, the Jacob Rana scoring. I think Backstrom's consistent. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw the captain scoring. Uh, I'm okay with it. You know, I don't, I think smart hockey, you know, we don't need, we don't need to think about the Sinbin stuff and uh, just get out there and play. And, and this whole, you know, Wilson cloud for the next seven games or next six games. Um, it doesn't need to be the focus. And I think that these guys know exactly what they need to do. Yeah. I, I like that. This is good practice for them. I mean, we talked about it a little bit on our little sideshow mm-hmm. that we did on Sunday, but it was, uh, they're going to have to learn to deal with big pieces out in the, in the yeah. playoffs and this with the content schedule, there's going to be injuries. There's going to be suspensions. There's going to be moments like this. And so learning to play without Tom at this moment and playing without the Russian players at other yeah. moments, it's all great learning experience. And they're just going to have to like learn to deal and adjust. And, and that's again, what won us the cup in 2018 was our yeah. ability to adjust to adversity. I mean, we were without Absolutely. Tom for all the three final games against <laughs> Pittsburgh and we finally beat them. Right. So, I mean, if anyone was going to ask, you, Carol, before that series, we're going to beat <laughs> Pittsburgh, but it's without Tom Wilson, you would think that they would probably be crazy, right? Like, it's just, you know. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, so it, these are those kind of moments that they got to, you know, step up. But um, I know, Anna, that you had a fiery conversation with Gil <laughs> earlier in the podcast. I got about halfway through the show before the show. I was in, yeah, uh, no setting problem. up. It, it was a, uh, it's a great um, listen, sportsothp.com. 
click our podcast partners button, click the Power Play Point podcast. You'll hear more of Anna talking about Tom Wilson. You'll hear more of Gil talking about it, <laughs> as well as breaking down the games and a whole lot more. Anna, any final thoughts before we let you go? No, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, guys. And uh, look forward to talking to you all next week. Sounds good. All right. All right thank Anna, you so much. Good. All right. You too. Take care. All right, Carol, I think we're going to uh, bring my Wizards uh, roundtable in. Um, and Carol, I assume you didn't, did you see any of the All-Star game or anything like that? I'll let you be After the voice. After this weekend, man, I was working and I totally forgot. That's all. Yeah. I'll definitely let y'all break it down and uh, I'll sit back in the cut. You might hear me ask some questions you know, throughout, but maybe not. I'm about to finish this beer and sit back and listen to y'all. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Well, I've got a whole team of guests from all different sorts of backgrounds and fun adventures, uh, both, you know, water. I, I'm very jealous uh, right now. Uh, people listening in the audio podcast have no idea what I'm talking about, but uh, we got, um, you know, Tim joining us uh, on a lovely beach. Also a rune, uh, lovely palm trees as well. Uh, Brian Brennan uh, with the classic uh, white background. Uh, we'll I'm see. just in my room. <laughs> in his room. You got the hostage video. Back. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can be anywhere. Uh, and we also got the voice of DC's People's Champ. Uh, how are you doing, uh, Champ? I am God. No, no, I'm not. I'm not God. No. How you, how you guys doing? How y'all doing? Uh, we're doing good. We're gonna um, we're gonna break down two Wizards games very quickly, and then I'm gonna have Brian Brennan uh, give his uh, report on the. Um, on the all-star game and um and if any of you guys saw it you guys can give your thoughts on that as well and then we've got four big games this upcoming week i will give each one of you guys a team and then you guys can break down uh, that matchup as well and uh we'll try to get all this done uh in like 30 minutes and then uh, we can all get out of here early and uh have a podcast so um all right we're gonna start off well first i want to welcome everybody so i'm gonna welcome tim how are you doing tonight tim Oh, I'm doing great. I'm still recovering from that uh, all-star game that I could, could barely watch. So <laughs> it's, It was very painful. I don't under, yeah, really understand not... anything that I was watching. Uh, that's why we're going to have Brian try to break it down to me. I try to look up the rules ahead of time. None of it made a whole lot of sense. Um, and it seems like LeBron James just was always going to win no matter what he does, no matter who's on his team, no matter how well he plays uh, so far in, in this new format. So uh, but anyway, I basically like he drafted a bunch of all-stars. They did all of it for him. He did nothing. And his name is on the, on the winning team. Uh, but, um, anyway, GM. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Of superstars. Um, and then I'll bring in a rune or how are you doing tonight? Not bad. Just showing at the beach. Yeah. So did you, were you able to stomach any of the all-star game? I think I like, I'm glad I recorded it because the second quarter was okay. And then the third quarter, I passed the second half. And especially the fourth quarter, I fast forwarded through. Although the ending was pretty nice by Jane Willard. I'll give him props. It was pretty boring. I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get Brian's full take and his uh, full thoughts on uh, th that the different events that they had beginning, during, at the end. I don't know. But also all things throughout. And uh uh, but Brian, I, I was uh, listening to your Friday podcast. I thought you did a great job and I appreciate you answering uh, one of my questions for the first time Thank I got to, to submit one. How are you great doing Great question, Brian? by the way. Great question. I really liked your question. Oh, thank you. Thank you. How are you doing today, Brian? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me outside. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, I know that uh, Champ has been doing all sorts of great stuff. Um, 
with his podcast and on his Twitch channel. And I know that he had a uh, great uh, simulcast last night. I, I was unable to, to catch most of it, but I did see that he was on and broadcasting. I know he had a great time with Sith. I know they're doing big things with that. At the end of this podcast, I'm going to let him give a shout out for all the different things, No Spots podcast, but just generally, uh, Champ, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing good. Uh, that The stream last night was a lot of fun. And I got to give a big shout out to Bradley Bill, who led uh, Team Durant in scoring in an all-star game last night with 26 points. Big shout out to him in his first all-star game as a starter. That's big, that's big stuff right there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he was putting up points um, and an unfortunate losing effort, I guess, for him. But um, he didn't seem to mind too much. I don't think anyone really knows whether they win or lose those kinds of kind of games. Uh, they're just all kind of happy to be there. Uh, which definitely takes a little of the competitiveness out of it. But anyway, let's talk about the other games first. Uh, one game we all thought they were going to win, they lost. And the other game we all thought they might lose, they won. So uh, we'll start off with that. Uh, the Grizzlies game, which we thought they would play better um, in. Um, I realize I'm already not sharing my screen, which isn't helpful for showing stats. So hold on, let me do that real fast. And uh, here we go. All right. So let me see if I can drag this a little bit and make that a little better. All right. So, um, sorry, I just got to move two things around real fast. All right. That works better. All right. So, um, let's talk about this game real fast. Uh, we thought that the wizards would play better. Uh, the Grizzlies came out, uh, on top 35, 33 in the first, in the second quarter, the Grizzlies kind of, this is where they asserted a bit of dominance. They outscored 36 points to 23, uh, then, uh, the Grizzlies, uh, continued to outscore them 25 to 22. And then the Wizards kind of made a little bit of a game of it in garbage time with 33 to 29, but overall, uh, it was 111 to 125. Um, I, I kind of, this game, it was hard to, I don't know. I want to say stay focused on, I, they lost me a little bit throughout this game, but the Russell Westbrook played de decent 23 points and 15 assists. Uh, Bradley Beal put up 23 points himself, uh, but just overall just wasn't enough. Um, uh, I'm going to get uh, Arun's take on this uh, game first. Uh, Arun, what are some of your thoughts on it? Yeah, they're not going to win this game if Bradley Beal turns it over six times, Russell Westbrook turns it over eight times, and um, I don't know, it wasn't real. I mean, the Grizzlies have been playing pretty well, I guess. Like Tim pointed out last week, they were 500, and like then they they actually had blown up the Clippers the previous week. They got John Moran back in the lineup. Russell Westbrook didn't play much defense on him throughout the game. It was interesting that Rui played his former college teammate, Brandon Clark, but he was outclassed. And, yeah, it was a blowout loss and pretty disappointing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Tim, what are some of your thoughts on this matchup? I thought the Wizards would actually come out and win this game fairly easily, mostly because the Boston loss was so crushing, and I thought the Wizards would be really excited to get out there and have a great first quarter. And um, they didn't have a, a bad first quarter. They were very competitive. But like you said, the second quarter absolutely destroyed them, and they were down like 15 or 16 at halftime. It, they, they just didn't really play with much energy or urgency in the second half. Um, uh, really at all. And um, I, I mean, Memphis is, is, is a decent team, but you have to come out with a lot more urgency at home. 
And um, I, I don't know what it was. Maybe you just don't get up for a team like this and you look ahead to the Clippers, but it just uh, – it was kind of a very disappointing performance. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Champ, what were some of your thoughts? It seems to be the narrative with this team that when they play a team like the Grizzlies who are a middle-of-the-road team, they kind of play down to their competition, whereas if it's a team that's in the upper echelon, they play up to that. And this was that same scenario here. They played down to their competition, and that's why they got beat the way that they did. Uh, John Morant just went off. Point blank period. He went off at 35 points and just absolutely just took over the game. Uh, this team had no answer for him. Yeah, you had your key, uh, your your backcourt of Westbrook and Beal both scoring over 20 points, but what? How does that equate when you can't stop someone like John Morant who goes out there and just absolutely tortures you? So again, this is a situation where they played down to the competition and they didn't get up for it, and the end result was they lost and they lost big. Yeah, uh, Brian, any thoughts on this game? Um, no, I think everybody kind of hit the nail on the head with this one. It's a disappointing loss, the game that you kind of thought they might win. Um, you know, I, I think we all kind of thought of the two games that they had this week before the all-star break, that this would be the game that they would win, but a great performance by the Grizzlies. Uh, John Morant is, um, going, you know, go one of the best young players in this game. Like he's incredible. He had 35 points in this game. Um, you know, some, some other nice players from the Grizzlies as well. Um, and, yeah, I, I think uh, Arun touched on a really good point, too, with the turnovers. Uh, from Beal and Westbrook, you cannot have that many turnovers from your key players and expect to win a game, no matter who you're playing. Like, that's just sloppy, and you can't expect to win that game. So, uh, yeah, this, was, this wasn't a good – this was a bad loss. I agree. All right, so let's get into the more exciting game. Uh, so – this Clippers game was a bit more surprising. So I have to give the Wizards some credit. Uh, they, they had the first uh, you know, Jewish heritage night, which I didn't even really know about last week when we were doing the podcast because I believe it was announced after um, on Tuesday for a Thursday game, or maybe it was a, was it a Wednesday game? No, I think it was Thursday. It no, was Thursday, Thursday, yeah. Yeah, so they didn't, they didn't announce it really very far minute. in advance. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was cool. Uh, I think it was in some ways to promote the fact that they've got a um, a Hebrew language Twitter account and Instagram that I didn't know about before. So, um, and I think it was a good opportunity to bring stars from Israel uh, into maybe some, you know, to be seen in videos and promotional materials uh, and to learn more about, um, you know, where Denny Avedija is from and, you uh, you know, I think it was a cool thing. I mean, as a Jewish person, I always like to show more inclusivity of all different groups. I mean, they've had heritage nights for so many different groups of people. Um, most people, you know, I, I shared about it to most of the Wizards groups and most people seem very supportive of it and excited that it was happening. Of course, there's always going to be a couple of haters. Uh, but um, 
at the same time, uh, I'm happy that they did it. And I'm mostly really happy that they won against the Clippers, which I didn't expect when I thought they were going to do this. I was like, oh, that's so sad. They're going to do Jewish Heritage Night and it's going to be like a blowout and the Clippers are going to destroy us. And that's going to be just really sad for me because I'm going to tune in and watch this. And I was going to all excited. And I even told my dad about it. And he was like, wait, they have Jewish Heritage Night. I mean, he was just as surprised as anybody. And uh, but but he tuned in and, um, you know, I, I was excited that they were able to win so let's let's break it down a little bit the wizards outscored them 25 22 in the first uh then the clippers kind of really um opened up the game and scored 39 points in the second quarter and at that point i was like oh this isn't gonna go well uh but then the wizards uh they hang on tough and uh, they outscored uh, the clippers uh, 33 to 26 and then they were able to outscore them 32 to 30 to hold on to a 119 117 uh, victory. It was very close game. We'll talk about the ending in a moment, but uh, I was impressed that, you know, Kawhi Leonard, you know, played well, but overall they ha- there was a lot of double digit scores, but nobody else was sort of broke that 20 point. And in today's NBA, usually, and it seems like strange, but a lot of teams have like two 20 point scores and a couple of 10 point scores just because of how many possessions there are. Uh, but um, I just thought that they, uh, played really well. Bradley Beal had 33 points. Russell Westbrook, people thought, had a triple-double for a while, but they took one of the rebounds away. Uh, and nine rebounds, 11 assists, and 27 points. I think there's, a, there's been a couple of games this season where he's been one stat away, you know, just like one you know, assist or one rebound or whatever away from a triple-double. Uh, but I thought uh, Denny played well. Uh, he was perfect from the field, two for two, had seven rebounds in 25 minutes. So I'm happy he played. Uh, just overall, I thought a really great game. I'm going to go, uh, well, that's Brian from the outsider's perspective. Uh, what were your thoughts on this game? Um, honestly, I, I didn't watch this game, but, um, you know, it's a good win for the, the Wizards, definitely against the Clippers. Um, uh, you know, especially going into the All-Star break. You think about all the momentum this team has had over the last couple of weeks uh, to have a win like this, um, you know, the way they played, you know, outside of the Boston and the Memphis game, they played really well these last couple of weeks. So to have a win like this going into the all-star break, I thought was really good. Bradley Beal had another big game uh, for the Wizards. He had 33 points. Um, yeah. I mean, like, like I said, I didn't see this game, so I don't really have a whole, whole lot to say, but um yeah, I think this is a really good win for the Wizards going into the All-Star break for sure. Well, I think you make a good point because uh, on that road trip, they played really well. And one of yeah. their biggest losses was to this Clippers team. So I think right, they it's kind the of loss. a statement game to avenge that loss. So I think that that's, I think that's key. Uh, Arun, what are some of your takeaways in this? Yeah, um, I thought the Wizards played pretty well. Um, Paul George was out in this one due to dizziness, which really – really helped the Wizards. After that, I think the Wizards, I thought, became the favorites in this game um, beforehand. And I think they figured out something in the second half of that Clippers game, even though it was a blowout in the third quarter. They played really well. Um, I think the rotations were a bit screwed up in the fourth quarter and Scott Brooks and rest his starters. But that carried over into this game. Um, ending was pretty crazy. Like with, They were up by eight points with a minute to go, but Russell Westbrook Got missing free throw. Scott Brooks didn't take him out. Um, Rui also missed the free throw, but Westbrook with the crazy rebound tip out to Bradley Beal. 
um, sealed the game. And I guess somehow Russell Westbrook was still the player of the game, even though he almost choked away this game single-handedly. But he almost got a triple-double. Bradley Beal's inefficient. Um, the Clippers bench uh, played the Wizards bench. That's the reason why it was pretty close. But I think the Wizards played a pretty good game against a team without Paul George that they should actually be. The last – so walk us through that last ending play because it was so crazy to me. And I don't understand why they didn't somehow foul Westbrook, you know, in that moment. Like there was still like a couple of seconds left. I don't remember. But Arun, I mean – it was such a it was such a crazy ending. Can you walk us through it a little bit? Yeah, um, they pretty much threw a half court pass um, leading up to the foul play. They threw a half court pass to Rui, who almost caught the ball out of bounds. And I think on that missed free throw by Rui, um, Westbrook he didn't really have the ball in for that long. He tipped it out, and then maybe they were trying to foul him, but the officials didn't really see the foul or if it's an off ball foul they get free throws and the ball position back to the Wizards and then I think the Clippers just gave up on the play like Lou Williams was tired of running and he didn't think there was much of a chance of a win he didn't even bother to foul Bradley Beal um nobody boxed out Westbrook like Zubac had inside position he's a seven footer and he he's notorious for giving up those kinds of plays actually in the clutch and just a it was a clutch play by Westbrook, even though he missed, I believe, like three free throws in that final minute, at least. It was, it was hard to watch. He kept on missing free throws, and I was like, we're really going to lose this game. Like, it's going to fall apart. And then I thought they were going to get the rebound of that missed one and call a timeout and, like, somehow, like, set up a game winner. Like, the, when the, like, the clock went zero, the tip out, I was like, oh, my God, they won. Like, I was, I was shocked. Um, uh, Champ, what were some of your thoughts on it? Once again, it adds to the narrative of this team. <clears throat> the last, the previous game, they went played down to a team that is not a, a, a strong team. And in this team right here, the fourth best team in the West, they played up to their competition. And what, look what happened. They won. Granted, it came on what was a wild, sloppy end of the game, but they managed to, to pull it out to get the victory. And when you look at the stats that you have up on, uh, on the screen for those who are watching, it was somewhat evenly matched when it comes to shooting and everything like that. So it's another it's, a, it's another point in there that this team needs to play much better defense and keep teams from shooting well enough to be able to stay in games like this. But going into the All-Star game, this was a big, big win for this team, especially because it was their 10th win since the start of February after they had the whole COVID-19 outbreak where they couldn't play or practice for two weeks. The fact that they were able to win 10 games out of 18 going into the All-Star break shows that this team has some momentum going into the second half of the season where it's going to be big for them to, to really start playing well in order to have a possibility of making the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. And Tim, what, were, what are some of your thoughts on this game going into the All-Star break? Yeah, I'm, I agree with Ken completely on the defensive comment. Just to allow that many three-pointers is pretty bad. I mean, they, they still won the game, so it papers over a lot of that. But players like Kennard were just absolutely killing them on, on the three-pointers. So the rotations do have to get a little bit better. And just you kind of have to feel bad for Clippers fans. 
Paul George has missed a lot of games this year. He, he's had a, a wonderful season, but I think he's already missed double-digit games between COVID and I guess he drank too much caffeine and he got dizzy. So, you know, that's that's a weird way to win a game. But as a Wizards fan, you'll definitely take it. And if you think about what, what would happen to the Wizards' psyche if they had lost this game, it would have been completely crushing. This was a huge swing. If they lose this and that Boston game and go into the um, All-Star break eight games under 500, you, you never know um, how they're going to recover from that. So um, it was hilarious to read the group chat, especially what you were typing during this Clippers game <laughs> because you were like, oh, no, oh, fuck, oh, crap. Oh, we won. But um, – you know, sure. that was my thought process. Anyway, I, I was convinced we were going to lose this game, Tim. I was like, "Oh yeah." I mean, it's <laughs> this is a classic Wizards game to lose, to be honest, going back years. Yeah. But um, Westbrook, you know, he ch- he choked it and unchoked it in the same <laughs> couple seconds there. So you know, big win. Yeah, big win. It's just so weird. Like I really thought we were going to lose. I still think it's weird talking about a win even now. Like, and it was a while ago, you know. But um. Let's just talk about the upcoming schedule first. We'll break that down. We'll save the all-star talk to the uh, to the sort of the end, um, just because we're sort of on a roll with the, the Wizards talk. Um, so they, they've got a couple of you know, big games. They're going to play the Grizzlies on Wednesday, March 10th at 8 p.m. And then uh, the 76ers uh, come to Washington, starts a homestand on Friday, uh, March 12th. And then on uh, my wife Liz's birthday on Saturday, March 13th, they continue uh, that homestand. This one will be up against the Bucks, and then they'll play the same opponent in uh, mm-hmm. Washington again against Milwaukee on Monday during our podcast. And next week uh, we'll be doing a post game show for that one. So I'm gonna unlike the hockey one, where I didn't make us pick all four games. Um, this the game should be over by the time ten o'clock rolls over, unless something really crazy happens. But um, Let's talk about uh, the different uh, series. Uh, so it's against Grizzlies Wednesday, Sixers Friday, and then two against Milwaukee both Saturday and Monday. Uh, the Saturday and Monday are at 7, and the Wednesday and Friday are at 8. I'll let each one of you guys pick a team that you want to talk about, an opponent, uh, and then uh, I'll let Brian uh, talk about the All-Star game. So I'll start with you, Tim. Uh, which opponent would you like to talk about? Uh, I guess I'll talk about the 76ers. I just thought it was really interesting uh, and also bad luck how their two stars in the all-star game couldn't play. I guess they both got a haircut and the barber had COVID or probably had COVID. So kind of an interesting um, side story during the break there, but the 76ers have had a great um, first half of the season uh, clearly, that the, uh, MBE and the rest of their stars have really gelled. Um, big bounce back year for a lot of their players. So this is going to be a very tough game. But I still remember the first game of the season in Philadelphia, where the Wizards and 76ers played a really tight game, neck and neck. Um, the 76ers pulled it out at the end. And uh, I think they played again, and the 76ers won a pretty close game. So... Again, I think the Wizards will play up to the 76ers and they have a good chance, uh, but they will be underdogs in this game because the 76ers 
are pro I think first in the East are up there. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll check that right now. Uh, I'll go to um, Champ yeah. next. Um, I think you wanted to talk about the Bucks game. Is that right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, just to answer Tim's question, uh, the seven sisters are first in the East. But um, the interesting thing about the Bucks series is that the first game of this will come off of back-to-back -back with, with the 76ers. So you have to assume that you won't have Westbrook in that game because he'll most likely be resting. We don't know yet. But I, I have very I have some confidence that they can split that series because they could probably catch uh, Milwaukee. They could probably catch them slipping a little bit. They only have one game to start the second half of the season, and that's against the Knicks. So they'll only have one game under their belt. So they may be able to catch the Wizards slipping on Friday. But the Wizards may be able, or Saturday, I should say, but the Wizards may be able to catch them on Monday and be able to figure them out, especially because they'll be at home, which means the Bucks will be sleeping in hotel beds and not in their own comfortable beds, and be, and they'll be able to catch them and be able to split that that home that part of the home series and be able to get a measure of retribution, if you want to call it that, against the team. And again, it'll feed into the narrative of them playing up to their competition when the competition's better. So I call that this will be a split. They'll lose the, the Saturday game, but they'll win on Monday. Yeah, it's interesting, just for people that are, might be interested, uh, Philadelphia 24 and 12 is number one going into the all-star break. And then Brooklyn was right there at 24 and 13. So just played one more game and had one more loss. And then Milwaukee is not far behind at 22 and 14. So they're two games back. So we're playing two of those, you know, top three teams, uh, Boston, then, uh, Congratulations. The Knicks are in the five spot. Uh, then uh, Miami six, Charlotte seven, Toronto eight, and then it's Chicago nine, Indiana 10, Atlanta 11, and Washington finds himself in 12th place above Cleveland, Orlando, and Detroit. So just the current standings uh, in the Eastern Conference. Um, all right, let me uh, uh, switch to Arun. Arun, which game do you want to talk about? I'd rather talk about the all-star game than any of the other games. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Do you, um, all right. Well, that's fair. Um, well, we can get into the all-star game because I know that Brian probably cares more about that too. So let me get a final, um, or, or I'll ask Arun just real quickly, since we didn't really break down the Grizzlies game. Do you, do you think that they'll get revenge for the last Grizzlies game? Uh, or do you think that it's going to go a similar way? I mean, I was, I was thinking it was going to go a similar way, but then I'm looking at the rest of the schedule and the Wizards kind of have to win that game because that's the most winnable game of the next four games. So uh, it's going to be, I think the Grizzlies are going to win, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Wizards win. Right. Okay. And then I will, um, I'll just get Brian to uh, give his thoughts real quick. And then uh, I'll get each of you to give your weekly prediction on outcome of those games. And then we'll get into the all-star game. Uh, so you want my prediction on the Grizzlies game or the whole week? Uh, well, no, just uh, pick one opponent. What do you think is an interesting storyline? Okay, well, I, I will pick the Grizzlies game, actually. I think this is actually going to be an interesting game. Um, you know, the, the Wizards are going to be going for revenge. Um, it's actually the first game in the entire second half of the entire NBA season. So that's pretty cool. 
Uh, I think it'll be a good matchup. I think, um, you know, it, the, you know, it was a pretty good game when they played. So um, I'm looking forward to that one. I'll, I'll, have, I'll have my eyes on that game for sure on Wednesday night. I think that's going to be a good game. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Um, so I'll just ask real quickly, those four games, two against the Bucks again, both seven o'clock Saturday and, and Monday at seven. And then we got the 76ers at home on eight on Friday. And then the Wednesday at eight Grizzlies game. I think it's going to be a tough sledding. I will start off and say, I think we go one and three. I'm going to go to Tim next. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think one and three with the schedule. They're play, they, they, they've been playing better, but I, I, I'm tempted to do two and two, but I can't. All right. I'm going to go to Champ. What is your thoughts? I'm going, I'm going two and two. They're going to beat the Grizzlies, and they're going to beat the Bucks on Monday, but they're going to lose to the 76ers, and then they're going to lose to the Bucks on a back-to-back. Got it. Arun, what are your thoughts? I'll go one and three, and I think they'll also split against the Bucks somehow. So they're splitting against the Bucks, but losing the Grizzlies and the Sixers. Yeah. Got it. And uh, what are your thoughts, Brian? Um, I'm actually, I am actually going to go two and two. I think they're going to beat the Grizzlies and win one of the Bucks games. I'm going to go two and two. I'll be optimistic. All right. Nice. I like it. I, I, I hope that, I hope that. Yeah. Positivity. Spread positivity (laughs) hives. (laughs) <laughs> i like it all right um uh, i'm going to uh kill this now and i'm gonna let brian have the floor um and uh give his take is this can i spotlight Hold on, does this work yeah brian you have the floor what were your thoughts on this wonderful all-star game yeah um i i, I think you know i was against the concept of there being an all-star game altogether, and then when it went in action honestly i was even more against it the way everything was kind of crammed into one night like i really didn't like it at all um but as far as the actual contests go um the skills contest was pretty cool um demontis sabonis um won the skills contest from the pacers um is you know he's a big man so it's kind of unusual for a big man to win the skills contest that was pretty cool uh the three-point contest was actually i will say in terms of like highlights of the night the three-point contest might have actually been the highlight of the night. Like Steph Curry's performance as the three-point um, contest, he was, you know, he did what he does best. I mean, he's the best three-point shooter to ever do it. I mean, he is, you know, he's Steph freaking Curry. Like he's amazing. Um, so it was incredible to see him do what he did in the three-point contest. I was really impressed by that. Um, and then as far as the actual game goes, it was pretty boring, honestly. You know, Team LeBron was much better. I thought it had a much better roster, and it showed, honestly. Um, most of – there was a good portion of Team Durant was um, was injured for this game. And um, it really, like – it really showed Team LeBron was much better, and they won by 20 points. And, you know, even with, you know, the crazy all-star rule changes that they've had in the last couple of years – they still would have won. They still would have won by a lot. So, um, I mean, the game itself was kind of a – it basically turned into just Damian Lillard and Steph Curry just shooting three-pointers from half court. Like, that's all it was. Like, it got to a point where that's all – like, the game literally ended on a Dame Lillard three-pointer from the logo. Like, it was it was, it was, was honestly not – I honestly wasn't a huge fan of it. And the dunk contest – you know, I thought the dunk contest was kind of lame too, and I'm not just saying that because Obi Toppin from the Knicks lost the dunk contest, uh, and I thought he should have won. But um, 
I thought the contest as a whole was kind of lame. I just kind of thought it was just kind of the dunks weren't very original and there wasn't a whole lot of creativity to it. Um, I do think Obi Toppin should have won, but there wasn't a whole lot of creativity to it. Um, and yeah, as a whole, I wasn't a huge fan of this event. Honestly, I just wasn't, a, wasn't a big fan of it. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. sounds good. Let me see if I can uh, pin Arun here. Um, Brian, though, I mean, it's hard to be creative in a dunk contest when everybody has done every single dunk known to man over the last 20 years. I mean, let's be for real. Well, then why even have a contest if everything's already been done? What's the point? Fat. I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. That, that makes sense. Um, let me see. Can we go back to gallery view? Does that fix this? All right. So I, I want to get a, a Rune's uh, take real quick. Uh, Arun, what, what are your some thoughts on the overall night and the different events? I agree with Brian that the three-point contest was probably the best event, especially since uh, Steph Curry, he hit, he was down by, um, he was down in the final rack and he had to hit the money ball, which was worth two points to win the competition. Otherwise, he would have lost. So I thought that was pretty cool. And they also had Mike Conley's, who was this um, guy who was in first reaction as he lost. And I think um, the first quarter was pretty much telling when they were only down by one, but Zion Williamson missed five dunks for Team Durant. As Brian pointed out, uh, they were missing Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid, who's um, probably he's the MVP, uh, one of the MVP frontrunners and probably the MVP frontrunner and Devin Booker. But that second quarter, I think, was pretty crazy, even though, like, it was pretty one-sided. Those three-pointers back-to-back half-court threes, like, by Dame and Steph, like, outdoing each other. Alley-oops to Steph Curry by Chris Paul. And Steph Curry threw an alley-oop to Chris Paul, which is pretty fun. Um I'm glad I recorded it, though, because if you're just sitting and watching that game, I don't think it's worth watching, but it, knocking it out in, like, 40 minutes to 45 minutes is pretty enjoyable. Actually, you know what? It's funny that you say that. I kind of regret not recording and watching it that way because I feel like I was watching it along with other things, and it just could not hold my attention in competition. But if you could just, like, zip through it and see the highlights, I think I would have enjoyed it maybe more. Uh, Tim, were you able to stomach this and say uh, not a lot of it, but I saw the I saw the halftime uh, dunk contest and I saw the third quarter and I just gave up because they weren't even running hard and it's like, oh yeah, like like you guys were saying, every possession was a half court shot or kind of a a really lazy defensive breakdown that led to like an easy dunk. So I uh, I turned it um, pretty quick, but. I was not a fan of the dunk contest. Shout out to Anthony Simmons, first trailblazer to ever win the dunk contest. But like the his winning dunk was him kissing the rim, but he didn't kiss the rim. Like I get that it's dirty and it's COVID and you got high enough to do it. So that's kind of the cool part of it. But if you don't actually kiss the rim, it's stupid to me. So <laughs> I agree. I think Obi Toppin's dunk was a little bit better. But he, his last round wasn't impressive either. Like, he had a really bad miss on his first attempt that was kind of embarrassing. So, at this point, the dunk contest is just like a showcase game for really young players. Like, most of the opponents, I mean, people in it, you're like, who? Um, so, that it, it, it's, it, it's lost its star power. But um, 
I think it'll be better next year, and I guess it could have been worse. Like, I think you need fans. Sick. I think missing fans for the dunk competition for me is everything. Seeing yeah. the fans' reaction and all the celebrities with, with, yeah, with and, the nines and the tens. Yeah, like, the stands, like that's that's the. I mean, that's the energy. That's the hype. I think you take that away, and it just doesn't really do it for me. Um, you just somebody. have Kenny yelling. And look, if you feel somebody put their arm through the rim like Ben Stanley did, it's just not the same. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. There's some pretty classic dunks that it's hard to sort of compete at this level. Well, I appreciate you guys all for breaking it down and watching it, honestly, much closer than I ended up watching it. So um, I'm going to give each one of you guys a, a final thoughts segment, and then we're going to get out of here. So, Tim, I'm going to start with you. Uh, any final thoughts before we let you go? No, it was a great show. Um, I'm, I'm going to listen to uh, some of it later to hear the thoughts that I missed about Tom Wilson, but I just want the Wizards to have a good uh, next couple weeks, stay competitive, stay in the race. I love that 10 teams will make it so that they're probably going to stay in it longer because of that. So let's hope uh, the two and two crowd is correct this week. So I, and I, I want clarification because I think that I understand. So it's 10 teams in both sides, right? That are making it. Yeah. So, uh, so six through 10 or sorry, seven through 10 are the playing teams. Got it. And how many playing games do they play? Is it just, is it aggregate two games or no? Is it just, yeah, I think it's the same. So like the seven plays the, I guess it's the seven plays the 10 and the 10 has to win two, two times. And the same with the eight and the nine. Interesting. And I guess the, the higher seat is at home for Got both, it. I want to say. Arun <laughs> is probably going to correct me there. But. Yeah. Arun, do you know? We got this he agrees. <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Like the 10 seed plays the 7 seed and the winner, the 7 seed has to win twice and same with the 8 versus 9 seed. And they're both they're both at home of the higher seed. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Both Okay, good. Yeah, well, there you go. Tim got it right. Got so it. that's uh, nailed it. All yeah, right, so, it. <laughs> all along, no doubt. All yeah. right, uh, it sounds good. Well, Have Tim, night, guys. I appreciate it as always, and we'll talk to you next week. See ya. All right, Arun, um, knower of all things on the uh, beach. Um, what what uh, final thoughts do you have? Yeah, um, just that slam dunk competition. It's not good when one of the contestants has never dunked in an NBA game. That's a pretty weird thing. <laughs> Um, I guess Brandon Scherf got franchise tagged just now, so I guess that was unexpected. And no RG3 news, sorry. I guess he's tweeting about MMA, according to Tim, but I, I haven't been paying attention. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, I appreciate, appreciate your time, as always, Arun, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks for having me on. All right, Champ, I'm going to go to you next. Uh, what's on No Spots podcast this week? Well, on No Spots this week, Myself and Sage will be on on Wednesday to talk about the first round of the New Japan Cup that is taking place in Japan currently. So we'll break that down as well as preview the second round of the New Japan Cup. And then on Saturday, myself and Seth, we are going to recap what, in my opinion, was the best wrestling pay-per-view of 2021 so far. You get all of that and more on the No Talk Podcast this week. 
Awesome. Definitely check it out. SportsOTHP.com. Click on the podcast partners button. Click on No Spots Podcast and you get all of the episodes right there. Or you can find No Spots Podcast on any of the podcast platforms. And I appreciate your time as always. And, you know, we've been a part of the True Radio Network together for a very long time. And I appreciate your insight on all different sports. And we'll talk to you next week, champ. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Of course, of course. All right. I, we've already uh, talked about it a little bit, Brian. Uh, if people want to know your favorite monuments, uh, <laughs> check out uh, the, uh, the Brian Brennan um, podcast this week um, upon further review with Brian Brennan. Uh, and again, the podcast partners button on sportsothp.com. Uh, click on uh, upon further review with Brian Brennan, and you can find this and as well as the outro. And uh, do you have any uh, thoughts on what you're going to be talking about this week? Uh, yeah, actually, um, on Wednesday night, I'm recording a roundtable with um, Michael Edgley, Tim Clark, and Arun Bhattacharya, because Wednesday is actually one year to the day that all of us went to a Knicks-Wizards game at Capital One Arena, and then the next day, Rudy Gobert tested positive for coronavirus, and all of sports shut down. So we're going to have a roundtable where we kind of reflect on that and what the last year's kind of been like in the sports world and dealing with coronavirus and everything. I think it's going to be really interesting. I'm really looking forward to recording this. I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, that sounds um, really interesting. It's it's kind of funny that you guys got to go to basically like the last one of the last Wizards I, games. I know, right? And uh, that's kind of a crazy thing in the end. Um, and uh, but I appreciate Brian as always for joining us, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you next week. Yeah, no problem. Have a good one. All right, sounds good. All right, uh, Carol. Uh, any final thoughts that you have before uh, we head out of here? Uh, no, just uh, sitting back, listening to the roundtable. I'm just glad I didn't watch that NBA All-Star game from the way it sounds. Um, as always, appreciate you guys tuning in. Appreciate all the contributors, uh, fans, folks with the comments on the Facebook live feed. If you notice, it's been a while since I've done a live stream on my page. Not going to get into that today because, uh, you know, certain social media folks was trying to hold me down but it's all good you i'm trying to still hold you up you still exist on facebook through this even if they don't <laughs> yeah, want to believe that on facebook is through the sports OTHP page right there yeah. you can always check out my youtube channel the carol for the third that's the three eyes not the number three or you can check out my periscope slash twitter page tattoo scorpio or carol for the third uh you can also check out sports with p.com for the apparel line Robbie got the Michigan Champions pillow on the back. Got the T-shirt on. I got the backdrop. Got the Washington Football Team edition. Go check it out. Top some gear. Help support the movement. Keep real DC sports alive. Not just clickbait and fake tweets about stuff that you have no idea about. That's why we say DC sports by the politics. It's not just a catchphrase. It's not just a motto. It's what we do, baby. Be back at you live next Monday for the five-year anniversary of Sports OTHP. Uh, stay tuned. The week after that, we'll be taking off and getting ready for... No, yeah. we, we, have two, we have two weeks. So it's two next weeks. week we're doing... We have the the five-year anniversary special next week, and then we've next got week. the season five finale show the week yeah. after that. 
and then uh, we'll take a week off and then we'll come back with our season six premiere and we'll bring back baseball, which I know will make Brian Brennan happy. Um, and so um, I think what we're going to do is we'll start hockey, we'll go baseball and then we'll go basketball. Uh, but maybe baseball and basketball might be interchangeable. So we'll just see the, the schedule of the guys and what they're able to do. Um, yeah, because either way, we can either end with baseball or end with basketball. We'll figure it out. Uh, we'll also, um, next week, uh, have two live sports games, a live Wizards game that will be uh, sort of a post-game show for, as well as a live Capitals game uh, that we'll be doing like during the last end of the game, plus um, uh, a post-game show for that as well. So a very busy uh, fifth uh, anniversary special. And then again, that season five uh, finale show will kind of wrap up how that season went with the COVID uh, stuff. And, uh, and then we'll look forward to taking a week off and I'll spring break. And then uh, we'll come back with baseball, which is crazy that baseball's already uh, back, Carol. And uh, we'll be juggling three sports again and uh, uh, a whole new season. And I can't believe baseball is doing a full season. You know, it's not one of these they're going to play all the teams. They're going to play all the games. It's not, you know, it's uh, pretty surprising, I would say. Yeah, we're going to see how it turns out. But yeah, I miss baseball. Can't wait a chance to see the Nats get back on the field and uh, try to put together another good running, a good season. Definitely want to break that down in the upcoming season. We got uh, football all season starting on the 17th. More players going to be getting released. I was just going over the news and notes while y'all were talking football. I mean, talking uh, basketball. Then, uh, yeah, like a couple of notable players are already starting to get cut. So it's going to be an interesting season six. As we say, appreciate y'all following us, riding with us, supporting us, and keeping the movement alive. Five years, Carol. That's pretty awesome. You know, I think about how many shows that we've been able to do, you know, and uh, how many different things we've been able to cover. I mean, look at the things that we're able to, you know, see the world championship and, you know, the Stanley cup. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's cool that these shirts get to prove, you know, this, this awesome time period uh, of sports, this sort of Renaissance, right. For the Washington DC sports. Cause before our podcast, it'd been a huge drought, right? So, you know, we gotten to cover a lot of big things of a lot of big sports teams and hopefully a lot of big things to come. I hope that we're right with the Capitals. We have this feeling they're doing really well. They're still grinding and they're still pushing. You just got to get in that top four spots and who knows what's going to happen with how this uh, playoff bracket will shake out. Uh, you don't need to be the number one team going into it. You just got to be the number one team coming out of it. So uh, we'll see how that, you know, all that shakes out and whether or not the Wizards will make it, you know, if, if 10 teams make it this year, maybe they squeak in as one of those teams and we get a, a play-in game or something so um a lot more to cover for sure in the next couple of months and uh, we really appreciate everybody for uh, riding with us no doubt and as always when we end the show with renegade so i know three before you go follow got more exciting things coming from him videos photo shoots performances so be on the lookout make sure you check out at the bar radio sunday 6 p.m. streaming live on even at the bar podcast page or my page. Check it out, different perspectives, different views. Follow best independent music uh, show around, cover current events, politics, crazy stuff. Tune in and find out how we roll on Sunday night. But I'm out, Renegade 703, Money Convo. You know how we do, CP3, Robbie G. 
Sports OTHP, and we out.